The Bible says in the beginning God created the world. It's a simple truth, easy to understand, but we as a people are having so much difficulty accepting it. I want you to listen to this teaching today. Accept it if it makes sense in the Bible and let God bless you. Welcome this morning. I know that God will bless you as we open the Bible and we begin to look at what is a very fascinating study. Let's pray. Great God of the heavens, we thank you this morning that you've brought us together to open the word and to learn about you. I want to pray, God, that this message, that this teaching will touch our hearts and that we'll leave this place having been drawn closer to you. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayer and for sending the Holy Spirit to be with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been lucky enough, I guess you'd say lucky enough, perhaps fortunate enough, maybe blessed to have been able to travel to many different places around the world. And sometimes when you go to a place, you experience what I call the gasp factor. Now, what is the gasp factor? I remember when I went to Yosemite National Park in Northern California, Central California, in fact. Beautiful, beautiful place. In fact, the many places I've travelled, I think Yosemite is closer to what I envisage heaven will be than just about anywhere else. And as I drove in on that narrow road into that beautiful valley and I looked down the valley, saw a beautiful river, I saw deer grazing in, in, in lovely green meadows and a mountain with a waterfall falling thousands of feet down into the valley floor, I experienced the gasp factor. I went, <gasps> because it was so beautiful. And whenever I experience the gasp factor, whenever I see something that God has made that is so beautiful, I cannot help myself. I cannot help but, but look up to the heavens and say, God, you are a wonderful creator. And I can think of a number of places I've been in this world, as I said, I've been blessed, lucky, I don't know, that have, that, that have caused me to experience the gasp factor. You know, I have lived in Sydney now for six years. I studied at Avondale College, which is a Christian college just south of Newcastle. So in this district, I studied there for four. So that is ten years of my 43 years of life. Do you know that I had never, until this last Christmas, 2006-2007, I had never been to the Blue Mountains. And when I went up to the Blue Mountains this Christmas for the very first time, I experienced the gasp factor. Now, the Blue Mountains may not be quite as awesome as, say, the Grand Canyon in the United States, but they are really something to behold. And I remember when I got out of the car up there at the Three Sisters and I walked down the narrow path to that lookout, as, as the valley opened up before me, I experienced again that gasp factor where I went, this is gorgeous. This, this is beautiful beyond what I ever imagined. And immediately as I experienced that phenomenon, I looked up and I said, God, this is wonderful. You are some creator. Let me tell you that, Lord. One of my favourite places here in Australia is Fraser Island. First time I ever went to Fraser Island in Queensland was when I was 18 years of age. 
Mackenzie, Lake Mackenzie is a crystal blue clear lake with a beautiful white sandy beach. And I remember, I remember clearly, although it was many years ago, the first time I saw Lake Mackenzie. Again, I experienced the gasp factor. And you want to know something? Even though I wasn't really following God when I was 17 years of age, I couldn't help but as I swam in that beautiful, that, that, that just unbelievable heavenly lake, I couldn't help but looking up to the sky and saying, God, you sure do know how to create. I grew up in Queensland. My father had a ski boat and often we would go out to Lake Somerset. The gasp factor, I remember lying in the back of the ute at night as we'd sleep. We'd be up early, four o'clock in the morning to start skiing and I'd look up at the sky and I'd see the stars and I'd experience the gasp factor. It is a fact that even though this world is damaged, even though it is wounded, and even though we're suffering environmental catastrophe, wherever you look there are still many places that are so beautiful that you experience the gasp factor and it compels you to look to the heavens and give glory to the creator of the world. And this morning I want to talk to you about the creation of the world. I want to do that by taking you to the first chapter of the Bible, the very first verse. Because there God says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That is a definitive statement. You cannot have any misunderstandings when you read that statement. It is not difficult to see what God is trying to say. He's saying very clearly in the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning God says, I, oh that's some statement. He said, I created the world. He claims to be the author, the creator of everything we see and live in in this world. Now it alarms me that even in Christianity today, the great movement that I belong to, it alarms me that I hear Christian ministers, I hear Christian leaders saying, oh, the book of Genesis is a poetic book. It is a symbolic book. It's not one we need to take seriously. God doesn't really claim to have really created the world. It's just poetry that leads us somehow closer to God. But don't take that seriously. Well, I'm telling you this morning, take it seriously. In fact, if you're a Christian and you believe in the Bible, you've got no choice but to accept what God has to say about the origin of this planet and everything on it. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And I'm interested because if you go across in your Bible, right toward the end of the New Testament to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, it reads like this. And it's talking about Jesus. For by him, and we're talking about the beginning, the creation of the world, the origin of our planet. The Bible says, and this is what it claims in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Let me say that, replacing the word in these texts, he with Jesus. For by Jesus, 
Remember Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the world. For by Jesus, Colossians 1, all things were created. Who is this God who created the world? It is Jesus Christ. For by Jesus, the Bible claims that all things were created. All things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus for Jesus. Jesus is before all things and in Jesus all things are held together. What a claim. Take you back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Bible says, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Oh, I find this interesting. What an awesome thing it would have been to have been there in the darkness and what God create our world. That's how it happened. It's the truth of the origins of all things. And I find it very interesting that Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, Now the earth was formless, empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You go back to the original language there. It gives you the impression that the Spirit of God, like an eagle, was hovering over the earth, waiting to begin the creation of our planet. So who is this God that created our world? He is a triune God. One God in three persons. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, you have God the Father. In the beginning, God created the world. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, you have God the Son or Jesus Christ being claiming to have created the world. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, you have the Holy Spirit involved in the creation of the world. God in his entirety, in his fullness. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Godhead, the Godhead that Colossians talks about. It was this God that created the planet that we live on. So how did it happen? I want to take you just for a a few moments this morning and, and look at how this great, awesome God that I serve, I want to look at how he did create this planet. It didn't come here by evolution. It wasn't something that evolved by chance. It was a purposeful creation, but a high God of heaven. Genesis 1 verse 3. This is the first day of creation. And God said, let there be light. Remember, there was only darkness. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, don't mistake things here. This is not the sun that God creates. It's light. We ourselves know that light exists outside the sun. You turn on a lantern, you turn on the light at home, you turn on the car lights. Light exists, it, it is a, it, I don't even think it's right to call it a substance. But it's something that, that exists outside the sun. It wasn't the sun that God created on the first day of the week, it was light. I wonder where that light came from if there was no sun. Perhaps it was the light of the glory of the presence of God. Verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning of the first day. There you got your first day, darkness and light. Night and day. That's how it happened. That's what the Bible claims and it's the truth. Let's look at the second day. Genesis 1 verse 6 and 7. God said, I commanded a dome 
to separate the water above from the water below. And that's what happened. God made the dome and he named it, would you believe it? The sky. Evening came and then morning and that was the second day. So first day God makes light and darkness, day and night. Second day he makes the sky. And next time you're out on a beautiful sunny day and you look up into the blue, blue sky and, you know, down here in Australia, blue sky is a beautiful thing. You remember that it was God that made it. But that wasn't the end of the creation week, it was just the beginning. Verse 9 through to 13, God said, I command the water under the sky to come together in one place so there will be dry ground and that's what happened. God named the dry ground land and he named the water ocean. God looked at what he had done and saw that it was good. God said, I command the earth to produce all kinds of plants, including fruit, trees and grain. And that's what happened. The earth produced all kinds of vegetation. God looked at what he had done and it was good. Evening came and then morning. Notice that the day starts with the evening and ends with the evening. It doesn't go from midnight to midnight. In the Bible it goes from evening to evening. Verse 13 of Genesis chapter 1, and that was evening and morning of the third day. On the third day, God made land. Well, praise God he made land because that's where I live. That's where you live. On the third day, God made the ocean. The ocean's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. Often when I'm discouraged, I'm feeling down and I'm walking on the dark path and we'll experience some sort of darkness at some time or another, I go down to the ocean, down here at Manly, up onto North Head. And I'll sit there and I'll watch the ocean and as I watch the ocean I hear the sounds of the ocean, the seagulls and the water. Peace, the peace of God comes, overcomes me. I find God, often I find God down at the ocean. God made the land, God made the ocean. On the third day God made fruit trees. He made grass. On the third day God made grain. You know, I I was brought up for a little while in my early childhood in western Queensland, a little town called Dolby, beautiful little place. Dolby is the beginning of the wheat belt in southeast Queensland. And I can remember as a small boy travelling with my dad down the road and just seeing acres, thousands of acres of waving grain. I remember when I was in Europe a few years ago, travelling down the, the, the motorways in Europe, and, and that's an experience in itself, isn't it, those of you who've been there, you know, 200 kilometres an hour in a car that should only be doing 120. It's, it's, it's the law, though. You're allowed to do that. And travelling down these freeways and seeing fields of sunflowers. This is what God made on the third day. But God's creative power, his genius, it has not finished because verse 14 to 19 says, God said, I command lights to appear in the sky and to separate day from night and to show the times for seasons, special days and years. I command them to shine on the earth and that's what happened. God made two powerful lights, the brighter one to rule the day and the other one to rule the night. He also made the stars. How interesting that is. This is the fourth day. Then God put these lights in the sky to shine on the earth, to rule day and night and to separate light from darkness. God looked at what he had done and it was good. Evening came and then morning, that was the fourth day. So on the fourth day God makes the sun, God makes the moon and interestingly God makes the stars. I will comment on that in a moment. Some quick facts about the sun. It could hold, the sun could hold 1,300,000 earths. 75% of the sun is hydrogen and 25% is helium. It is a star. It is 98, listen to this, the sun is 98% of all mass in our solar system. Amazing. It is the centre of our solar system with nine planets, depending on how you count them, orbiting around it. The pressure at the sun's core, listen to this, 
is 340 billion times that of earth. Wow, what a God. God's positioning of the sun is crucial. If it had been slightly closer to the earth, then our planet would have fried. If it had been further, just, just, just a little further away, our planet would have frozen. Evolution, chance, one in a billion trillion, not possible. It was God who put the sun where it is. And he put it there for a reason. He put it there to sustain life on this earth. The moon, or we could talk a lot about the moon, how it governs the tides. Do you know that there are certain flowers that only flower when the moon is at full brightness? Incredible. The stars. I've often wondered, why did God make the stars when he made our planet? Perhaps he made the stars so we can go out at night. Because I believe he made the stars that we can see for our earth, for you and me. Perhaps he made them so we can go out at night and look up into the sky and go, God, wow, you are so big and I am so small and yet you still love me. Wow. See, that's a, that gasp factor. And it goes on. God said, and this is the fifth day now, I command the ocean to be full of living creatures and I command birds to fly above the earth. So God made the giant sea monsters and all the living creatures that swim in the ocean. He also made every kind of bird. God looked at what he had done and it was good. Then he gave the living creatures his blessing. He told the ocean creatures to live everywhere in the ocean and the birds to live everywhere on the earth. Evening came and then morning. That was the fifth day. God made birds. Eagles come from a farm as a small boy in southern New South Wales. And I remember as a small boy seeing these huge eagles with wingspans wider than the height of a man soaring across hundreds of feet in the air across the sky at our farm. He made beautiful, huge fish in the sea. Whales, I used to live on the Gold Coast, ten floors up. I remember watching the whales as they would migrate up the coast and they would leap out of the water and breach down, sending, oh, sending spray everywhere. What a wonderful, wonderful God we, we have. Genesis 1, chapter 24 and 25. God said, I command the earth, and now we're on the sixth day, the last day of creation. God said, I command the earth to give life to all kinds of tame animals, wild animals and reptiles, and that's what happened. God made every one of them, then he looked at what he had done, and it was good. It was on the sixth day that God made the animals that roam the world, the great bisons of North America, the majestic, powerful lion of Africa, the hippopotamus. What a God, what a sense of humour. A two-ton bear of an animal, with tiny little piglet ears and huge jaws and little beady eyes that swims in the water all day. Can't say God. You cannot say God doesn't have a sense of humour. The giraffe with its huge long neck and a heart more powerful to pump the blood to the top of that neck than any other animal that walks upon the face of the earth. Don't tell me that came from evolution. That came from the mind of a designer God. A tongue. The giraffe has a long tongue that he, he snakes out of his mouth to, to reach around the leaves and pull them into his mouth. That's not evolution. That's the design of a creator God. And we can keep going looking at the animals of the world that testify that God is the creator of the earth. We can look at the wolves. We can look at the polar bears. We can look at the dolphins, the sharks, all coming from the mind, the creative mind of God. But now we come to the climax. 
of this study. Genesis 1 verse 27 and 28, Then God said, Let us make humans to be like ourselves. And he made men and women, and God gave them his blessing and said, Have a lot of children. Fill the earth with people and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish in the ocean, the birds in the sky and every animal on the earth. Mankind made in the image of God was his crowning work in the creation week. Now I remember when my wife, and I'm bringing this to a close, I remember my wife came and told me she was pregnant. The first time, I was so happy, I wept. When I'd given my wife a hug and, and done all the things an excited young husband does, I went into my room and I fell on my knees and I said, thank you God for giving me and de-arm this, this beautiful little child. And then I said, Lord, I dedicate him or her, I never knew what it was, to you. You know, over the next nine months, I saw God create inside my wife's womb a tiny little human being. Yes, God's still creating today. You didn't make those children that are yours. They are made with you by God. One of the greatest miracles in the universe is what happens to human beings as they reproduce. And then I saw little Hannah, this beautiful little girl, get born. Oh, I watched her as she came out. No breath in her. And then I saw and I know what happened. Doctor gives her a bit of a shake. But I know what happened as God leaned over as he did to Adam so many years ago at the beginning of this world and breathed into her the breath of life. And she gave a cough and she splattered and she began to live. Praise God. The creator of the world had given me a daughter. And then over the next few days, you know, I'm from a family of four boys. I, I don't know how things work. Well, I never did. The only woman that I've had in my life was, was my mother. I didn't know how girls work, how babies work, how... Oh, Tell you what, the first time I saw one come into the world, that was traumatic enough. But did you know mother's milk, when a baby's first born, is colostrum, this thick, gooey substance that's full of antibiotics that, that toughens the little baby to face all the germs and viruses that sweep across our planet? That's not, that can't be evolution. That's God. That's God. And don't you ever come to me and tell me that you're no good because you are created by God. Well, God, who shaped your nose the way it is. This is nonsense that comes from Hollywood that this thing is beautiful and this is not. That this look is great and this look is not. God made every single human being that walks across the face of the planet. He shaped your nose. as He who made your ears like they are. He shaped your hands. He made your face look how it is. Everybody is beautiful. Everybody is wonderfully created. So don't you come and say that you are not beautiful because you were made by God. The world is wounded. It is disfigured from what it once was when God first made it. It's true that we invited Satan onto our planet and there's been a great rebellion going on. But soon Jesus will come and the only people, the only things that get off this old planet that is wounded and dying is you. The Bible says in Revelation 21 verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. If you acknowledge this morning, if you are happy to acknowledge that God made you, and that you can't be complete without him in your heart, then there will come a day when Jesus, the creator of the world, will come. He'll take you to live with him. And you'll have the wonderful experience of watching him create 
a new earth, just like the old one before sin. May that be your experience this morning, I pray. Make no mistake, you are special, made by God. And he loves you. And you can only ever be complete if he is in your heart. Why don't you invite him inside today? He makes such a difference to your life. God bless you. I wish you Jesus.